<laughs> so good. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Lifestyle Medicine. So today, I'm going to talk about some healthy fats, and I'm going to stick to two primary fats, and I'm going to stick to a plant-based fat and also an animal-based fat so that people, regardless of diet and lifestyle and whatever we're doing, people have some options to play with. There are other healthier fats, but I'm going to stick to these two primary ones because I think these are the big hitters. So that being said, the caveat I always like to say before, you know, jumping into this kind of topic and talking about health and, um, you know, dietary fats is that I'm not a medical professional. You guys should always cross-reference with your primary healthcare practitioner and see if, you know, these things are good for you. But I do work with a lot of people in the context of providing educational content and material in the context of dietary guidance. So seasonal eating and whatnot. And I see tremendous result with working with these two fats as my my heavy hitters for my clients. So um, that being said, there's an idea that's found in Chinese medicine that says this, like is good for like. Now, in the modern context, people might say that that's a bullshit idea that doesn't have any grounding or merit in Western science, that if you have an injured tendon, you shouldn't eat tendon. But the Chinese say just that. If you have connective tissue that has been damaged, you know, boil tendon from a cow or a lamb or sheep or bison or whatever and eat that because of the collagen and the connective tissue that will be in there is going to be supportive to that. So that's one of the ideas that I'm leading with because I've seen that be effective in my own personal injuries and in my own body, I've seen very good effect by following this idea. So if it doesn't speak to you, you know, you don't have to listen, but this is through the lens of Chinese medicine to a degree. And I think it's good to to keep that in mind as we talk about this. Now, one of the other ideas, one of the basic ideas, the primer that I try to tell people, okay, and, and a lot of vegans don't like this, and they say that this is there's there's fallacies with this idea, but I think it makes a lot of intuitive sense, which is every cell in our body is made of saturated fat and cholesterol. So I'll say that again. Every cell in the body is made of saturated fat and cholesterol. If you think about that and you accept that simple truth, there's a case to be made that maybe we should be consuming saturated fat and cholesterol. Now, in a vegan diet, saturated fat and cholesterol are extremely low. It's a, it's a low cholesterol diet. Cholesterol, in my opinion, has been demonized and it, it's been demonized for many years. And there's a lot of new research showing that cholesterol and saturated fats were not the demons that they were made out to be. Now, of course, the vegans and people are going to hear this and say, no, that's not true. Actually, they are the devil and all of the plant-based fats are the best. So in the end, you guys, this is the, the conundrum with the age of information is that it's very confusing. You've got me saying one thing, what I've seen result with. You've got other people saying something else. And in the end, you guys, this is why I always go back to this basic thing. Experience trumps dogma and theory. You have to do your own research. You have to try things out and see how you actually feel and usually try them out for a period of time. So again, this isn't like, you know, golden law from above or the, or the edict that's going to be true for everybody. But this is what I, this is what I align with. This is what I see result with and I see benefit in my clients. So therefore I'm sharing it with you guys. So the, the first um, fat that we're going to talk about is ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. So sometimes people have heard of ghee, sometimes they haven't. It's spelled G-H-E-E. And what that basically means is that the you take butter and you, you heat it very slowly so the dairy solids cook off. 
And this is very good for a few different reasons. For one, dairy, for a lot of people, they have trouble digesting it. Now, why we have trouble digesting it now, that's up to debate, right? Is, is it the environment? Is it the topsoil? Is it the, the, the overuse of antibiotics? Um, some people say it's inherently inflammatory to human beings. Some people say not. And in the end, I have clients who thrive on dairy, whose blood work is immaculate. And I have other people, if they eat dairy, they do very poorly with it. But in the context of, you know, if you're a meat eater and you have a problem with dairy, ghee is an excellent fat to have because the dairy solids are cooked out, which means if you have a dairy allergy, you can actually um, eat this and not have a response. So I have clients who have dairy allergies, who get hives and stuff if they eat dairy, and they eat ghee, and it's just fine because the dairy solids have been cooked out. So it's a good thing to think of in that regard. But when we look at when we look at ghee, ghee's really amazing for a few different reasons. Okay, for one of the one of the things is, and you can all research this. This is as simple as a Google search, but it nourishes and protects the brain. So the neurons and nerve fibers in the brain are largely coated in myelin sheathing, which you know is largely composed of saturated fats. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now it's interesting to consider also that one of the richest sources of saturated fats in nature is human breast milk. So which clearly shows its role in the development of a healthy brain. Now, when you, you know, vegans so many times will, will hit me up and argue with me, sometimes online, sometimes they private message me. It's amazing how militant vegans get when you talk about this. But one of the things that has been brought up to me is that, you know, human, you know, human beings can be raised vegan. And one of the things that I've said, you know, so many times is like, God, for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, human beings, if you breastfeed, you're never vegan. You're eating and consuming an animal byproduct. It's, you know, human beings are mammals, so if you're drinking human breast milk, you are eating the, you know, the product of an of an animal, a human being. So, you know, breast milk is, you know, babies thrive on that and brains get larger with it. So the, the thing to remember is that, you know, ghee is very rich in cholesterol. It absolutely is. It's a saturated animal fat. But one of the things to remember is this, cholesterol is vital for a well-functioning brain. Okay, it, it's function as a brain protective antioxidant. That's that's what it does in a nutshell. So, you know, ghee is the raw material from which I'm sorry, the cholesterol is the raw material from which our bodies actually make vitamin D, a fundamental player in preserving brain function. So, in addition to this, cholesterol is the precursor for the sex hormones of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, all of which contribute to healthy brain function. So while the brain, I, I believe it constitutes two to three percent of our total body weight, depending on the source you look at. Okay, two to three percent of our body weight, but twenty-five percent of the body's cholesterol is found in the brain. So when the when the FDA last year began, you know, requiring consumer warnings on certain cholesterol-lowering medications related to memory decline and other cognitive issues, this made a certain amount of sense because they were realizing, like, hold up. If we lower cholesterol too much in people, it's going to cause health problems. So, you know, what they're finding, some of the new research is that, and I wouldn't even say that new, but, you know, what's being pushed and, and continuing to be found out is that people that people that are, you know, in the elderly demographic, people with sometimes the highest cholesterol had the lowest risk, sometimes as much as 70% less risk or 70% risk reduction in dementia. So, you know, your brain is mostly cholesterol. So again, going back to this basic idea, if the brain is made of cholesterol, Chinese medicine like is good for like. Now that idea, you might, again, you might just blow it off, but I think it's something to consider, all right? Now, ghee is also richest in something called butyric acid. 
okay, which is a short chain fatty acid that causes intestinal walls, um, the intestinal cell walls to proliferate, meaning that it essentially causes the growth and repair of new tissues in the digestive tract. So that's important, okay? The, the lower gut, the intestines, is you know the foundation for our immune response. 80% of our immune response is found in the small intestine lining. 95% of our serotonin production is found in the gut. So there's something to be said by you know gut health, and ghee is one of these fats that actually remedies that. It's also rich in vitamin A, so eye, skin, hair, and immune health is really um, supported by vitamin A. Vitamin E, one of the most powerful antioxidants found in the human body. Okay, it's very rich. Now, vitamin K2, all right? Now, when we look at vitamin K2, this is a big one because vitamin K2 plays a, um, a healthy role for bones, our heart, um, and, and the problem with vitamin K2 is it can be hard to get sometimes. So it's relatively rare in most foods, but ghee is very rich in it. So proper levels of vitamin K2 um, protect against tooth decay, uh, supports the proper growth and development of, um, sorry, my computer just froze for a second, you guys. I lost my screen. So um, supports the proper health and development of, of bones, um, the calcification of arteries, which was known as atherosclerosis. So ghee is an amazing fat. Okay, it tastes very good. For one, it's very buttery and kind of warm and toasty in its flavor. It also has a very high smoke point. So you can take it up to 450 degrees before it starts to smoke, and it imparts a rich buttery flavor, which is awesome. But it's because it's a saturated fat, it's more stable also um, than other fats and oils. So it's less prone to oxidation and nutrient destruction, uh, nutrient destruction during cooking. So in that regard, ghee is amazing. Okay, it's a really amazing food and an amazing fat, rich in omega-3 fats, naturally anti-inflammatory. So ghee, and in Ayurveda medicine, ghee is seen as one of the premier fats. It's seen as the most um, therapeutic and healing and detoxifying of all the fats. So personally, I default to ghee more than I do butter. I do relatively well with dairy. I don't eat a lot of it, but I just think, you know, on the chance that my body could develop a sensitivity to dairy or there's any kind of inflammatory response. If I do eat butter, I eat grass-fed butter 100%, but I stick to ghee, grass-fed ghee, because it's an amazing, amazing fat and it tastes good. So ghee is the one that if you're an animal meat consumer person, try ghee. Make that one of your primary staples. Now, the next one is coconut oil. Now, coconut oil is a saturated fat also. And coconut oil is sometimes demonized in certain vegan circles and sometimes not because it's a saturated fat. There are some vegans who don't use oils of any kind and they're very militant about it. But the takeaway is this, okay? The when we use coconut oil, coconut oil is one of the few fats that doesn't require any bile to digest. So when we eat a fat of any kind, the liver and the gallbladder system, okay, that, which are linked in Chinese medicine, they make up the wood element. The gallbladder has to release bile to break down the fat that we eat, which means if, you have, if, you, if your gallbladder has been removed, typically a high fat diet is going to be difficult for you. If you have a removed gallbladder, you know, a high keto fat diet is gonna be sometimes problematic because your body isn't making the bile to break down uh, that fat and your body will find its way. You know, it'll, it'll mitigate and, and kind of readjust things to, to support that. But the point is that when we eat fat, the gallbladder has to release bile to break down this fat. For whatever reason, coconut fat is one of these fats that 
doesn't require any bile to break it down, which means it moves through the body very efficiently and very easily. Now, a lot, if energetically, if we look at coconut oil from an Ayurvedic perspective and from a Chinese medicine perspective, technically coconut oil is sort of a de detoxifier. It can give people loose stools. It can kind of clear out the gut sometimes, but it has some very real immune boosting properties. So it's the only fat that's antiviral, um, antifungal, antimicrobial, antibacterial. So that's sizable. That's something to consider, you know, when you are sick, you know, switching over to coconut oil or mixing, say, ghee and coconut oil when you're eating. One of the things to consider, but coconut oil is amazing in that regard. It's also thermogenic, which means that it's supportive to boosting metabolism and also it's supportive to the thyroid. So that's very critical because thyroid problems are very real. Autoimmune thyroid problems are very real nowadays. And understanding that it's thermogenic, that it boosts the metabolism, supports thyroid function, has these immune boosting properties, I think is really critical to, to think about. These are, these are two of the fats that I really lean on um, for their health properties. And people from both sides of the spectrum will, well, that's not true. Vegans won't dabble with ghee, but people that are, you know, uh, that are meat eaters will touch both of these and they see tremendous result. So the other fats, which I'm not gonna go into that I still kind of like, I give a green light for are grass-fed butter, as long as you handle dairy and olive oil in small amounts. I don't think a ton of olive oil, it can't be heated. It's a pretty sensitive oil. So you have to do it cold or add it to pasta sauces after the fact, but that's a really good fat also. So those are the, the two primary ones though that I, I encourage people are, you know, grass-fed ghee Ancient Organics is an amazing company. You can buy it at Costco now. These big jars that are just massively sized for like 20 bucks. It's a steal. If you see that that company, Ancient Organics, it's a yellow label with purple. It's actually a really good looking uh, bottle, but that's an amazing ghee and it tastes fantastic, but 100% organic grass fed for an amazing price. So if you have a Costco membership, go get Ancient Organics ghee. And the other piece I like to talk about with, with fats is this. There's a lot of contention around fats right now. So some of these key ideas, excuse me, I've shared with you and said sort of my take on it, why I'm, why I'm suggesting these, why I push these fats. But the thing you have to think about conceptually, okay, outside of people telling you how good a fat is or how bad it is, right? You can sit here and say, there's a lot of reasons why ghee might be bad for you. One is because it comes from a cow or it comes from an animal and eating anything from an animal is the devil even though human beings drink breast milk for you know the first portions of their life, which doesn't make a lot of, it's a logical fallacy in my mind to say that you know all animal products are bad. I don't think it makes sense and it's not what I've seen in my body. My, my health has gotten better over the years as I've been very finicky and picky about which animal fats I partake in and which ones I avoid. So conceptually, you guys, at the most fundamental, think of it like this. Any food that has to be processed heavily that has to be processed a lot to extract a nutrient from it, often, most of the time, is not good for us. Anything that's highly processed and denatured from its original state, that should be a red flag for most of us. That, that's something to think about and say, hey, wait a minute. If something is that heavily processed, oftentimes it comes at a cost. So if we think about all of the vegetable oils that are used in, in modern America, okay, in the standard Western diet, there is corn oil, there is soy oil, there's grapeseed, there's canola. There is, I mean, the, the, the list is very long on how many vegetable oils there are. And just intuitively, you guys, think how much fat is in corn. 
Think about the quantity of, of corn that you would have to get to make a bottle of oil. So to extract the fats from, from corn, for God's sakes, think about it. Like how much processing, how much labor, how much you know manpower, how many chemicals, how many solvents have to be used to extract these fats from these plants, which don't carry a lot of fat. And so the reason for this is it's part of just kind of the industrial you know, you know, era of food production where it's like we're producing tons of GMO corn, tons of GMO soy, and these huge numbers with very shitty oils. And these, these plant oils, they oxidize quickly. They are very rich in omega-6 fats, which are pro-inflammatory to the body, which means they're gonna be contributing to heart disease, according to my lens that I look through and the research that I look at. Again, you can find information that's gonna say otherwise, you guys. So do your own research, right? Like, don't just sit here and take it, you know, at my word, I'm telling you, be proactive in educating yourself. But the lens that I see, the one that makes sense to me, the one that fits my body, and the one that I've seen the most result with and my clients is this. So these omega-6 fats, we don't want them. So, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm always talking about with healthy fats is I'm telling people like, get away from processed vegetable oils, get away from corn, get away from soy, get away from canola. These oils suck. They are not good. And this is the biggest gripe I have with all of these, you know, vegan burgers that are coming out, these plant-based burgers like the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat. If you look at the ingredients, they are just loaded with bullshit processed oils. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fake food. It's not real. I mean, it's just a bunch of processed bullshit with shitty plant oils. And people are amped on it. They're so stoked to be eating these. And, and it's like, Jesus. You know, this is not a healthy food. And there's a lot of vegans who will actually back this and support this. And there's a lot of people who are like, no, it's good because it's just plant-based. But you've got to remember to get plants, to extract nutrients and fats from plants when they don't carry a lot of it, there's a huge processing that goes with that. Okay, so processed sugar is terrible for you. Hydrogenated fats, right? When they, when they, when they take a fat and they make uh, something that is typically liquid and they, tr and they you know, hydrogenate it to make it solid at room temperature. So like Skippy uh, peanut butter that we all grew up on, right? That's a really shitty fat. It's a hydrogenated oil. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your cells. It's not good for your liver. It's not a good food. And so peanut butter in its natural state, right? You have to stir it up. We all know that. Stick the knife in there and you have to stir it and that's a considerably better fat, okay? It's, it's, at least it's more stable. I, don't, I still don't eat a lot of peanuts or anything. Um, I do better with the animal-based fats that are like ghee and grass-fed butter. I, I keep it as minimal as I can. So keep this in mind, you guys, as you're thinking about fats. This is so critical to understand that if every cell in your body is made of saturated fat and cholesterol, you better be super mindful about which type of fats you're putting into your body because the fats you put into your body are going to help the integrity of your cells stay intact. And the integrity of our cells, how well our cells communicate, is dependent upon what are they made of right? If we are just loading the body with a bunch of rich omega-6 bullshit fats and they're not saturated, they're, they're, they're monounsaturated and all these other things. I mean, after a year or more, the, the lipid profile, right? They're like what makes up your cells is going to be different, in it, but it's not the natural order. And I think that's really something to consider, okay? We have a lot of cholesterol in our brain. Cholesterol is the precursor for all these hormones. And, you know, this is where people that have gone, women in particular, okay, I've worked with a lot of women who have gone vegan and they're all about it for the ethical purpose. They're all about it for the planetary green movement. They're all, they're all on board for these things. And, but there's a disconnect 
I've seen it so many times with vegan women who end up losing their periods. They lose their menses. They stop getting their periods and they st or they start having horrifically painful periods. It's a variation of this, but usually there's some kind of irregularity in their cycle or pain in their cycle. And I, I, I default outside of all the theory and outside of all the dogma that I could spit at them from different people and from different vegan people or, or pearl meat people. I say this basic thing to them. Understand that every cell in your body is made of saturated fat and cholesterol. And cholesterol is the precursor for all of the hormones in your body. You know, and, and they pushed back on me and said, well, your body will just make its own cholesterol. And it's like, that's true. But if you're giving your body exogenous, okay, external cholesterol, you're taking some in, the body's not having to work as hard to get what it naturally is. All right, so this is just a basic idea. And so what I tell people is like, look, I'm fairly confident that, you know, your period will return if you're willing to try some saturated animal fats. Would you be willing to try grass-fed butter? Okay, no animals have to die in that, but would you be willing to try grass-fed butter? Would you be willing to try an egg, which has, you know, saturated fat and cholesterol in it? Technically, yes, an animal is dying, but there's no pain, there's no torture in an egg. So, you know, I start there. Would you be willing to eat fish? Some, you know, some really rich omega-3 salmon. And if I can negotiate that with them and they're willing to step outside their comfort zone and step outside of the dogma, what has happened consistently, time and time again, I've done this many times with women, they will start eating those foods and invariably within anywhere from two to six weeks, the period comes back or they start getting back to a regular cycle or their pain goes down. And so, you know, in Chinese medicine, you know, the, the menses, um, you know, seminal production, you know, the health of the ovaries, the sex organs is all predicated on Jing. It's, it's this spectrum of like the material essence. And so when we eat these foods, these are the foods that are said to nourish Jing, you know, eggs, because they are ovum, you know, they're, they're like the, the seed of the chicken. They will actually nourish, nourish the kidneys and nourish the Jing. So, this idea, you guys, is just something to, to consider, okay? Like fats are really critically important and the fats we choose make a difference in how our metabolism operates, how our skin looks, um, how, how our lasting brain power is, you know, how much juice do we have upstairs in terms of just mental focus and whatnot. And so the thing to remember is this, you guys, we're all gonna eat out. I go out and eat Chinese food and that means I'm eating sometimes like GMO oil. I'm not about being on this life ride, right? The lifetime of being completely pristine. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it also makes for a very tense existence when you cannot just let go and be like, the ride's dirty, right? The human ride is dirty to begin with. It's not perfectly clean. It never is. So if you're going to go out, realize though, you guys, if you go to restaurants, anytime you go out, any you know mainstream restaurant, if you go to a Chevy's or if you go to you know anywhere, okay, a Chinese restaurant, if you go to an Indian buffet, these are often, because of the size and scope, they're using really shitty plant oils. You know, you might be able to find those really high-end places with, you know, at a, paying at a premium where they're cooking everything in coconut oil and grass-fed ghee, but it's not the norm. It's definitely not the standard, and it comes at a price. So if you're going out consistently and you're eating out all the time, realize that you're loading your body with pro-inflammatory vegetable fats that are typically shitty for you. Most people don't do really well on them. Most people do not thrive, at least not in the context of what I see. Now, again, vegans are going to disagree. That's okay. I'm just telling you what I've seen and what works for my body. So if you go out and you are eating really 
shitty food. Just say you're going to go out and do what I'm going to do in a couple days here, which is go get some, you know, really good Chinese food that's going to be cooked in bullshit oils. One of the things you can do, okay, is to eat vitamin E oil with it. So we can mitigate some of the pro-inflammatory effects of these of these shitty vegetable oils by taking 400 IUs, which is usually just one pill or two pills of vitamin E when you go out and eat vegetable oils. It's one of the ways you can mitigate it. Another way is to eat saturated fat with the meal. So say you get takeout Chinese, all right, and you get everything, you get your chow mein noodles and they're cooked in vegetable oil. One of the things that I do is when I bring my food home, I will actually warm it up and cook it in a little bit of ghee. So if we get a quality saturated fat, at least it's sort of like the two fats get to like balance each other out. There's a, there's a, you know, a, an anti-inflammatory healthy fat in there with that bullshit fat. And so, yes, you're getting more fat technically, but you're also mitigating and, and reducing some of the effects that come from those toxic vegetable oils. So keep these things in mind, you guys, okay? Stick, try grass-fed ghee, ancient organics, if you can get it at Costco. Try organic coconut oil and pay attention to how you feel. Myself, personally, when I eat coconut oil, my body doesn't thrive on it, but I see a lot of great effect with a lot of people, so I recommend it. My body does well with grass-fed ghee, grass-fed butter, and olive oil. Those are like my best fats, and I actually do pretty well with bacon fat as well for whatever reason. That fat seems to just operate very well in my body. Um, I don't get any joint inflammation or pain from it. But if I eat a lot of vegetable oils, um, I was vegan for almost two years in my 20s, and I actually had quite a bit of aches and pains when I was on a vegan diet. Even though I was eating a ton of plants and vegetables, my body was not handling it well. So I hope this finds you guys well. Um, please leave any comments below. Be sure to like and subscribe. And if you guys have a topic that you would like me to talk about or something to bat around through the lens of Chinese medicine or something within the spectrum of my wheelhouse, please do so, and I'll be happy to answer any and all questions. Thanks a bunch, you guys. Take care.